Excellent. Well, it is a, it's a joy, real joy to be here this morning. And um, as uh, Stevie said, it's not every day you get to preach in your mother-in-law's church. And um, so I don't know if that's a... <laughs> I was quite... I thought it would be fun. Um, I think Gillian's actually up in creche, but I'm told she can hear me. Oh, she's waving to me. Excellent. Excellent. Um, yeah, it's a huge joy to be here. And as Stevie said, we have lots of connections uh, with this church. And... Um, Although Stevie was sad that Helen left and moved to Glasgow, I was less sad uh, when, she, when she came. Uh, and we now live in the East End of Glasgow. Um, uh, yep, Mary, Mary appreciates East End of Glasgow. Um, uh, and a great, great place called Parkhead, with a great church community over there, uh, which I might mention a little bit later on um, this morning. So, but it is a joy to be back, and we do, it does feel like coming home a little bit this morning. Um, We do appreciate your continued love and prayers for us, and particularly as our family has grown over the last couple of years with uh, Emma and Abigail arriving. Um, So if you you hear a baby at some point, it's it's probably Abigail. Um, But uh, we do do really appreciate that. Um, The other reason I'm I'm really pleased to be here is um, I think Whitburn Pentecostal is possibly our newest EA member church. Um, You saw the video there, and, and... that just gives you a little bit of a background to, to who the EA is. Uh, we are 4,000-member churches across the UK. We're um, tens of thousands of individual members. You can become part of this movement as an individual. Uh, we're lots of organizations uh, that you will know about. So um, are your shoe boxes, are they, are they Samaritan's Purse? They're a member. Uh, if it was Blytheswood Care shoe boxes, they're also a member. Um, Tier Fund, Scripture Union, all sorts of organizations that people know of, um, as well as a whole bunch of denominations, Baptist Union, Assemblies of God, uh, all, all coming together for actually what is our new strapline since that video was made, and a much, much better strapline, particularly for those of you who are political in a Scottish context, <laughs> um, together making Jesus known, um, because we do it together. We cannot fulfill the Great Commission on our own. We can't do it individually. We can't do it as an individual church. We do it together uh, as God's people. Oh, there goes the clicker. Um, so that's, uh, that's who we are. And, um, and we're delighted. It was, it's been great to um, chat with Stevie over the last few months and for Whitburn to go through. But I think of rejoining. I think you were previously a member uh, of the church. But it is great to have you back on board. And um, at the end, uh, if, if you fancy... Um, being part of this movement as an individual member, uh, I do have some materials and I have ways that you can join that. It will cost you uh, £3 a month, so about the price of a coffee um, a month if you want to be part of this as an individual as well. So um, It will come as absolutely no surprise, given the service so far, that um, this morning we are speaking about living hope. Uh, and we're some, and <laughs> we never had a conversation, so I'm not... I don't think Stevie knew that this was the, we were going to speak from 1 Peter this morning. So um, evidently, uh, evidently, God wants to do something amongst us this morning. And it's been great already, hasn't it, to, to see how God has been speaking to us. Um, so if you've got Bibles with you, can you turn to 1 Peter 1, uh, 3 to 9? Very famous verses. Um, I don't have it on my slides. If people want to put them up, that's, that's fine. Um, always nice when uh, you realize that what God has been prompting you with is evidently God and not just you. So let's uh, read the passage together. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come to you so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Okay, and we'll come back to that in a couple of minutes. Um, The reason I wanted to share that this morning is I think we are, I think as as a nation, I think as a people, I think as a church, we're in a one Peter moment. Um, and it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been an interesting week. We're in an interesting moment culturally and nationally at the moment, aren't we? And uh, we've got, um, culturally, we've had Kanye West this week. Who's listened to Kanye's new album, The Youngsters Amongst Us? Who's, who's not heard of Kanye West? <laughs> so, so some of the older generation, right? There we go. Um, so... So he's uh, released this new album, huge artist, and then has suddenly released this new album, all of a, all of a surprise, called Jesus is King. I've not actually listened to it yet myself. Um, but just very, very interesting. He's, he might be the biggest selling artist in the world, certainly one of them at the moment. And, uh, and all this week, if you're on social media or Facebook or whatever, all this week I've been seeing all these comments about people talking about it, and some people love it, and some people think it's a fraud, and, and some people think it's just to sell more stuff or whatever, but it's just, it's just been an interesting kind of cultural thing that's happened this week, and of course, of course we've had Boris, haven't we, has um, finally got his wish um, for us all to have an election again, and um, I've been doing this job for seven years now, and, uh, and I, I don't think I could have believed that, you know, when I started at the end of 2012, by this point we would have had two referendums, three general elections, um, too Scottish, or um, the only bit that's kind of been stable is the kind of Scottish Parliament election is, kept, is still on its track, but um, it has been crazy, hasn't it? And, um, and I've, uh, I've, lo- I've lost track, you know, people ask me what's going to happen next, and I'm paid to sort of be able to tell people things like that, I have no idea, I don't think anyone else does, <laughs> um, so I've still, I've still given predictions, um, but it's been an interesting week, hasn't it, with, um, with these things going on, oh, wrong way, and um, and I think it feeds into some of the different things that are going on in our moment, our national moment. Um, we're stuck, aren't we? We're divided. Uh, we don't know which way things are going to go. Many of us know which way we things, things would like to go, and many of us have diapetrically posed ways that we think things would like to go, uh, particularly when it comes to something like Brexit. We're in a, we're in a moment, I think, of uh, part of what is driving this um, is in a moment where we've got an identity crisis. Um, as, as a culture, we, you maybe hear the term identity politics or um, different identities. People are um, defining themselves more and more by characteristics about their identity. 
um, you know, by your race, by your gender, by your sexuality. People are, um, this is the way that we're, incre- we're not defining ourselves as people anymore. We're defining ourselves as all these overlapping different identities that we've got. Um, where gen- some of these identities clash with each other. You know, when um, we're gender, well, the whole transgender discussion at the moment where you've got clashes of uh, gender as in uh, male-female and particularly female, along with gender as in defined and more around um, self-expression. I suppose that's maybe a good example of where um, identity is, um, is confused, is struggling, and, um, and, and it's all sorts of different ways. But it's not, it's not the only one. I don't want to just focus on that. There's loads of different ways in which our identities um, are, are struggling at the moment as a nation, I think. Um, and then on the last one there, some of you will have seen this poster last year and the kind of spiritual moment that we're in, um, where this was a, a hate crime campaign that the Scottish government did about a year ago. And, uh, and it, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily bad in its intention because it was, it was about trying to stop people uh, bullying folk for different what we call protected characteristics, all the things I've just mentioned. Um, so they did this one for faith. Um, the only problem is... It looks like it's aimed at people of faith, not protecting people of faith. Um, so, so there was a big issue really came up, and even within the Scottish government around um, how is it that as a how is it as a society, how is it a culture that actually we don't understand faith enough that actually something like this gets through uh, through the vetting and through the different things that are going on. So, and I think as a church, you know, we are, you know, we would recognise, don't we, that we are. We are on the margins. We've made that move from centre to margins in, in culture. We are on, on the edge. We're misunderstood, as you see by that poster. People don't get what we're about. Uh, they might like some of the good works that we do at times. They don't really get why we do the good works at times, the food banks or the Christians Against Poverty or these kind of things. Um, so that's our current moment. We're divided, we're confused, and we're marginalised. <laughs> um, in that, actually, when we need the church speaking into the life of the nation, the church is, has been more marginalized uh, by the nation that we're in. Um, so we are in desperate need of hope, I think. And I think that's the thing that cuts across everything. There's a, there's a scunner factor, isn't there, in, in, in life, in community, in society at the moment. I can't think of a better word than scunnered. Everyone's scunnered. Everyone's fed up. Um, and, and that's the context that we come to this passage in this morning. And interestingly, the, this letter that Peter wrote to the early churches, it's not the same context. It's not completely different. It was written, um, the scholars think it was written to the church before some of the big persecution happened. So before kind of Nero and, and the kind of Christians getting thrown to the lions and all of that, but not much before. So they were in a context where they'd been marginalized, slagged off, ostracized. People didn't understand them. They had to get on and do their own thing. And they sensed something was coming that was worse. Um, and now we don't know what the next 10, 20, 30 years will hold for us. Um, it could get worse. It, realistically, it could get worse before it gets better. Um, so this is the context of our passage. So if you look... Um, if you look back to the passage again, I love this. This is a place in Arkansas, I think, or Arizona, that's called Hope. Um, so 
maybe look at your Bible. So what do we see then in this um, hope, this living hope? This is grounded. Verse 3, we see that this is a resurrection hope, this living hope. This is grounded in the past work that God has done. Okay, it's secure because it's grounded in what God has already done through the cross and through the resurrection. Uh, We see in verse 4 that it's a future hope. There's that picture of an inheritance that cannot perish, spoil, or fade. It's an eternal picture, and I think sometimes when we're in the moment, whether that's feeling isolated, feeling marginalized, or whether that is our national moment that we're in, it's sometimes really easy, isn't it, just to get caught in the here and now and forget the big picture. And this hope, this passage in in verse 4 tells us that as believers... This, isn't, this is not all there is. This is not where we're stuck. This moment isn't what ultimately counts because we have an inheritance to look forward to. We have a future hope that we're looking forward to. Verse 5 is a protected hope. It's shielded by God's power. It cannot be taken from us. This is a hope that not only is grounded in the past and that we see in the future, it's a hope that God protects us with. Verse 6, we see it's a joyful hope. There's rejoicing through some of the trials, through some of the struggles. But there is joy in this hope. And we've just been singing about that, haven't we? And then verse 7, it's a refined hope. The testing proves the genuineness of this hope. Um, So be encouraged this morning. If you're in a in a season at the moment of trial, of struggle, of testing, all the things that were mentioned in the word earlier. This is refining your hope. Let this refine your hope. Even in the pain, even in the struggle, even in the sorrow, let this refine your hope. So what are the results of this living hope that we have? Well, um, we see in verse 7, there's praise, there's glory, and there's honor to Jesus. This is not about making ourselves known. This is about making Jesus known. This is about lifting up the name of Jesus in our struggle, through our pain, individually, in our community, and in our nation. And we see that that's the result of this hope. Verse 8, we see this faith is stronger, and we've just mentioned that. As it's refined, we see love is the result of this hope. We see that um, in verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And it's, we see glorious joy as well. You are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. What's the final result? Verse 9, for you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That is the big picture. There's a, there's a hope here that is in the past, has an eternal perspective. It's grounded, it's secure, it's protected. God wins. Someone already said it in the service. We're on the winning team. Jesus wins at the end of all this. And we uh, get, are saved. So in short, what do we see? We see solid, we see tangible, we see indestructible, we see unstoppable, concrete hope. 
And friends, this is the hope that we need to be sharing with the world at this moment. Um, with our colleagues, with our family, in this community, um, and across our nation, across our world, because this is the hope that is missing in this moment when, as a nation, we don't know where to turn, we don't know what to do, and all we're doing is fighting with each other. Um, this is the hope uh, that, that we need to see. So how do we do that? Well, let me, um, let me give you four suggestions, and I think these are suggestions individually, and also as part of that, I'll share a little bit about how the EA... <laughs> Um, helps us to do that and helps, helps equip the church to do that. Firstly, I've just said that we need to share our individual stories of hope. We need to be the people that, it's no good if this hope just stays within us and doesn't come out. It doesn't make any difference that way, does it? Um, to our community and to our family and to those in our lives. And um, at the EA, we've done this in a couple of ways. Um, we've got this great website called Great Commission. Uh, where we have loads of stories, loads of resources, loads of um, things to help you um, tell people about Jesus individually and together. If you want to run a course on helping older people to meet Jesus, it's probably on this resource list. Because what we do as the EA is not necessarily always produce our own things, but we draw on the strength of this amazing network of the church and amazing organizations that are working in these areas. And then we're like the table that people can come to and get this. So there's hundreds of resources from hundreds of organizations on this website. And there's a lot of great stories, one of which we'll show in a few minutes. Little three-minute testimonies of hope, all about encouraging us as individuals to have our hope in the gospel and to share our hope in the gospel. Our, our new CEO, a guy called Gavin Calver, who some of you may have come across, he's done things. I know he's spoken at AOG a few times at different things. Um, this is the passion of his heart that actually together we would make Jesus known right across this nation once again and the hope that is found in him. Secondly, we need to model hope and that's maybe more a community thing. That's maybe more for us as a church. Uh, we need to be the community of hope. This doesn't just happen individually as we've said. It happens together as a community. Now I know from what I know of this church that you do that already. Um, let me encourage you in this moment to do that, to be that shining light in this community, um, modeling hope, modeling what that living hope that we've just read about looks like. Um, and so we help in a couple of ways of, of doing that. We, have, uh, we help churches think through how to engage culturally, how to engage contextually in, in our moment. And uh, we've got an initiative called What Kind of Church? And, um, and our Scottish director is really the one behind this, a guy called Fred Drummond. Um, who will get, I'm sure, to Whitburn at some point. Um, and that's really, that's a whole se series of things. Um, resources, videos, small group course we've just launched around helping people to think, what's, what, is, what, what does church need to look like for this moment in this culture at this time? Um, it's how do, we, how do we interpret what's the, the unchanging truth of the gospel and contextualize it for where we are today? Um, so, that, so that's one of, one of the things that, that we do. The other thing is, is resources for the church. So I mentioned the transgender thing um, a few minutes ago. We've, I think I've just got one copy actually at the back today. But um, we have lo lots of different issues trying to navigate. Um, this has been a huge one over the last year or two. Um, lots of different congregations wrestling with lots of different issues around. Just really practical stuff like... 
uh, toilets, overnight residentials, all that kind of stuff that's going on. And so we produced this um, resource called Transformed uh, to equip churches, and it, it's, it's kind of gone like wildfire, you know, um, because it's obviously meeting a need. It's, it's, a, it's an introduction, it's, it's a biblical introduction, it's pastoral, um, because I think one of the dangers and all the cultural stuff that's going on is that people who are suffering get lost in the middle of all of this just now, in this kind of culture war that's happening between different groups. Um, but it does look at some of the culture and some of the cultural drivers and even some of the terms that um, change like, pretty much all the time. Um, and it looks at some of the medical stuff and some of the legal stuff and, and all of that is all in there uh, in about 30 pages. And one of the things I was really reassured to see recently was um, there was an article in the British Journal of General Practice looking at the medical aspect and some of the challenges that are coming with this, this conversation at the moment. And all the stats that they had in that are all the stats that we've got in our one, um, which was reassuring, you know. So, so all the things about the numbers and about who's looking to transition and all that stuff is all really good stats in there. So that's the sort of stuff we do to try and help churches model hope. How do we speak into that debate with a hope-filled <coughs> voice? Well, this is our, this is our aim uh, in doing that. Thirdly, um, we've got to advocate hope, haven't we? And, uh, and this is really what, what I spend a lot of my time doing. And um, we've got to tell the stories of hope um, to our, our government, local and national, uh, in our media, and to some of the other drivers um, of, our, of our society. And, and we've done that in a few ways. I forgot to bring a copy up, but there's plenty at the back, um, what we've done recently, a few things that we've done recently. Um, there's a little booklet there called Connect, which we just produced uh, in the summer. Uh, it was 20th anniversary of the Scottish Parliament, uh, so we did a sort of Pray for Your MSP Sunday to coincide at the end of June. Um, we're going to run it again next year, so we'll get date for your diary, end of June next year, um, Pray for Your MSP Sunday around the 21st birthday of the Parliament. So we sent them all a 20th anniversary card, all the MSPs. Um, we're going to send them a 21st birthday card next year. I'm not sure what we do the year after that, when it's the 22nd. <laughs> but, um, and, th and this is really... Um, to help Christians individually and churches individually get to know your local MSPs, plural, because we all have eight of them, um, which is something that a lot of us don't know, um, and how to do that in a gracious and loving way that builds relationships and shares hope, even when there's times that we disagree, which there are, and there's plenty of those times. But often people do not either don't have a clue what the church thinks or Christians think, and if they do, if they get contacted by Christians, it's often just when Christians want to complain about stuff. And we need to change that. Um, I always say to folk, you know, like, if you had never heard from anyone, you know, if, you, if someone just came to you, first time you'd ever met them, and just complained about everything, you probably wouldn't, you probably wouldn't like them very much, would you? You probably wouldn't be that interested in what they had to say. Um, and, and that's no different. If you, actually already, if you already had a relationship with them because they'd been to your church, and they've visited the community projects and, and things like that, which I think already happens here sometimes. But um, if they've got those relationships, all of a sudden they will listen a whole lot more when you have things you disagree with. So we need to, we need to change that story. Yeah, and that's one of the ways we're doing that. Um, I forgot to mention just on the last one, oops, this first one, Speak Up, which is also another wee resource um, and that's all about how we can share our faith uh, in a legal way. 
Uh, not in a legal way, but that's about the law and what the law says about how we can share our faith. Because what we were seeing, and it's kind of advocacy that's kind of sharing our faith, because what we were seeing is, you know, you've had you know, a few court cases in the media at different points of Christians getting into trouble for different things in their workplace. Um, and because of that, rightly or wrongly, in some of those cases, um, the Christians didn't do a great job, to be honest. Um, there's a bit of a chill factor. You know, people think it's, oh, it's illegal to share my faith at work. Um, let me tell you this morning, it's definitely not illegal to share your faith at work. Far, far from it. We have a huge amount of legal protections on what we do. What we need to do is not be idiots when we share our faith at work. Um, so, so this really helps that. So it helps kind of us to know what the law says and what we can do and think about how we do that in a gracious way and in a good way. Um, and also it helps you if... At work, you're maybe getting, your employer maybe thinks the law is different to what it is. It actually is a protection as well, so you can actually have a conversation then. So it covers what we say online, what we say on church, what we say in the street, what we say at work, uh, and what the law says about that. So that's, so, oops, um, I've not got the hang of this at all, have I? Um, right. Um, uh, other stuff in terms of, other stuff in terms of the advocacy um, are things like getting our politicians to events, letting them see what the church does. So this picture of John Swinney was um, at the Deep Impact Youth and Children's Work Conference that we're involved with last year. Um, now, we don't necessarily agree with everything that John Swinney does, and there's been more controversy recently in terms of some new curriculum stuff, um, and we are looking at resources at the moment in terms of particularly around equipping parents uh, around relationships education. Um, it's very close to home as having two small children that will go into the school system at some point. Um, and, and so that's not endorsement of everything the Scottish government does, but what it is is relationship and showing them what the church does. Yeah. Um, and, and we need to be nuanced, I think, in how we do that. And then Serve Scotland is a coalition also that, that we're part of that brings together particularly the... Um, the more social action community organisations that would be part of our network. And um, so people like CAP and people like Bethany and others, again, just to keep telling these stories of hope. Um, so so let, this is, it happens individually, it happens locally, and it happens nationally. So, so let me encourage you um, to do that individually, locally, and nationally. Let me encourage you to pray for your MSPs, to get to know them, to invite them here again, to um, invite them and say what we do on that Sunday in June is we, we try and get MSPs to actually come to the Sunday service so that people can pray for them uh, in the service. Now, some of them don't want to do that, but some of them do. Um, we had a Muslim guy in our own church came um, this year and was happy to be prayed for. Uh, we clarified it was in the name of Jesus that we were going to pray for him in advance. But um, Okay, final thing. I think we need to build leaders of hope, and we need to be leaders of hope. And uh, we are scattered, aren't we, into all different places. Tomorrow morning, we will be in loads of different places in this area. And we, I think, as Christians, are called to lead where we are. We're called to be those leaders of hope where we are, whether you're a teacher, whether you are a stay-at-home parent, um, whether you're a volunteer somewhere, whether you run a business. Uh, we are called to be leaders of hope. And so one of the things that, that we do at EA is that we, we have a thing called our Public Leader Programme, our Scottish Public Leader Programme. Um, and we recognised a few years ago that 
Um, we actually, in terms of bringing transformation right across society, it's not just enough to engage with the people that are already in a lot of these areas of, that are key decision-making areas or drivers of, of different aspects of culture. We actually need to be in them. And we need to have Christians who are in all these areas. We need to have Christians who are in key areas of education, politics, media, arts, uh, business. Um, so we developed a program uh, about four years ago. We've just come back from our first weekend yesterday um, with our new group. We take about 20 emerging leaders uh, who are between 25 and 35. We give them all sorts of different content in terms of Christian leadership. We give loads of senior leader input from Christians who are running big companies. We take them to a few of these locations, uh, the Parliament and the BBC, to meet Christians who are there um, and to think through politics and media. Um, the SSE Hydro is there, um, not because we take them there. Um, he used to be the chief exec of SSE, and he was the chief exec of SSE when they went through the naming of the Hydro. And, uh, and that's one, that is one of his leadership example stories when he's talking about teamwork and how they went to make that decision. And, um, and again, you just, you see, I suppose, when you see these, some, of, some of these senior leaders are able to do, um, the impact that that makes. Um, we don't go to RBS, we probably should go to RBS at some point, but that's mostly there because um, <laughs> RBS was one of the drivers for actually starting this programme in the first place because um, it was on the back of, really on the tail end of what had happened in the financial system, what had happened in um, uh, Westminster with expenses, what had happened in the media with the news of the world, all that stuff a few years ago. And, um, but don't we want to bring transformation to RBS as well? And I know there's people in this church who uh, are working hard to do that. Okay, let me just... Um, let me come towards a conclusion... Um, I, think, I think all these things together, I hope that's given you a bit of a flavour of some of what we do, but I hope it's done a lot more than that because I don't just want to come and talk about that together. Um, I think maybe now would be a good time to show this little video. There's a wee story of transformation that I want to show and then we'll, we'll conclude our time. I remember growing up always
which is I usually say things like, why do you people be interested in me? What, what, what do they want to hear from me? I did a church. Why are they all shoving me out? Why are they all saying, he's a drug dealer, do you know what I mean? He's sleeping in prison. They weren't doing that. They were working. Maybe that was your father. And for anyone in it was just a bit, we probably believe. We probably believe. Oh, I've changed. I've become a much better person. I've been soft. I've been there gentle. I've been what other people have been there. Compassionate. I've been there patient. I've been there tolerant. I'm a new family person now. Whether it's a kid. Pride about my children and take responsibility in them for what they're doing in my lifestyle and try to guide them and be a really good example. Um, they are in them pretty right to look at myself and find out that I know them. My son was in addiction. My son was in drug addiction for eight years. They threw me coming to church. He started to notice things that were changing in my life. He, he noticed the difference in my life and he kept on asking me, Why are you going to the church, Dad? And I said, Yeah, come to church to find out. Tried the other course and through the other course, he's now dead to Jesus himself. There's a man, a man that nailed to the cross for my sins, for everybody's sins in this world. So I'm quite courageous and I'm quite bold about putting stuff that I go to church and that on Facebook and stuff like that. So to let people know where the change comes from, and so that if anyone's interested or anyone likes to see the change and they would like to change, then Jump on board, come along and try it. Okay, so I wanted to um, I wanted to tell that I wanted to share that video. That is one of the Great Commission videos I, I spoke about earlier. And um, but I wanted to share that because Alex is a is a friend of ours um, from church. He's from Parkhead, from from Bridgeton. Uh, for those of you who know the East End of Glasgow. Um, and he, he shared a bit of his own story, but that's not been the end of the story. He, he, one, of, one of the beautiful things there, I think, is he talks about um, what the change that it's meant in terms of his family life, you know, and change that coming to faith has made to him. And, uh, and he mentioned his, his son had become a Christian. Now, his, son, his son first came to church. So his son's probably in his mid-twenties, uh, also called Alex which is a bit of an Easter End thing, I think. Um, and uh, so his son, his son came to church uh, originally. Well, he went to rehab first and then came to church. But came to church because Alex in the video, Alex Sr., um, started bringing his grandson, this boy's son, along to church when he was about five. So, so he took responsibility, brought his grandson along to church. Um, his son is, at that point, is not only an addiction, but he's also a, he's also quite a big drug dealer uh, in the East End. Um, he ends up seeing the, the, um, the change in his dad's life. He goes into a Christian rehab. He gets saved. Um, his partner, uh, called Charlene, who's a, a friend of ours, she, um, she then comes to church separately while he's in rehab. Um, she gets saved. Um, they are not together at this point. Um, they get back together. Uh, they got married about a year ago. Um, uh, they've all been baptized together as a family. And um, she has now started a business locally, cleaning business. So she, she, she's uh, working away doing that and building a business. 
Uh, and Alex, this guy's son, Alex Jr., um, is now started at Bible College to become a pastor. Um, <laughs> and he, wa- he walks around the East End. He, um, he <laughs> obviously, a lot of people still know him, you know, in the East End from his previous life. And sometimes ask him for a few bits and bobs, you know. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and he tells me, he walks around saying, um, I, used to, I, I used to deal in dope and now I deal in hope. That's, that's his kind of standard kind of line that he goes back to them with. Um, and I was talking to Charlene this week and, um, and she was talking about they've just moved into a new house, new build place in Parkhead. And, uh, and he was talking about, and she was saying that their neighbour across the close um, is a dealer. And she was saying, it's been difficult, you know, Alex, Alex is recovering and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but so, but they, they've got to know, so they did, you know, there has been obviously people in the close and things have made complaints to the housing association and things. But, um, but actually what's, ha- what's now happened is that they've started to get to know this person. And actually what they're doing and what she say, said to me the other day is, we're just really praying, you know, what needs to happen to him is that he just gets saved. Do you know, that'll sort it out. You know, it'd be a real shame for him and his partner and their kids to get evicted because of this, do you know? Actually, what needs to happen is for, for them to get saved, just like we've been, you know? Um, and the reason I want to share the um, story is that in this moment when we need hope, in this moment when we're struggling, in this moment when our public services are creaking and our shops are shutting and our businesses are not knowing what's coming next, there is nothing that works like the power of the gospel. Nothing that changes lives, nothing that puts families back together, nothing that changes communities. That story there has stopped crime statistics, has stopped health statistics, um, has stopped educational statistics. You think of the, the life that's sunny, their son, yeah. and it's all because of the pain um, compared to the life you would have had a couple of years ago. Yeah. And it's all because of the power of the gospel. It's all because of this hope. Um, so let me encourage you as we finish. This is an unstoppable hope that we have. This map is where all the disciples died, um, and it shows you the ground that they covered um, in their lifetime. It shows you where they, um, where they ended up. And, uh, and I love it for two reasons, and I often share it for two reasons. One is it shows you the power of a movement of people that are connected and living in this power of living hope. It shows you what happens. It shows you the unstoppable force of this movement that we're all a part of. Um, but secondly, it's a great reminder that it doesn't all depend on us. Because most of these folk got martyred. Didn't look like they'd succeeded that well. And yet here we are now. This is an unstoppable hope. So I'm just going to pray in a second. But where, as we leave here today, where do you need God to show you more of his living hope? Let's think about that going away. How is a church, are we going to model some of this? Uh, this week and in the weeks to come. And who do we know? Who are we going to share it with? You know, we need this living hope for ourselves and lots of us will be in situations we need that today, that reminder. We also need to be sharing it. Who's God putting on our hearts to share that with? Um, So thank you. I I will pray and we'll close, but thank you for having us here today. I'll be around at the back and very happy to chat further. Uh, We're not going anywhere anytime soon, but do... um, do come and chat if you're interested and do let's encourage each other as part of this movement of living hope. Shall we pray? Father God, I do thank you for that truth 
um, that we've been singing about, we've been hearing about, we've been reading about this morning uh, of this beautiful living hope that you call us to. Lord, help us, um, help us to know that, God. Lord, for anyone in here today who's struggling to know the reality of that, God, help them to know that this morning, that solid, concrete hope that cannot be taken. Help us to see your perspective, God. Help us to see your, your picture of eternity, God. Lord, that when trials and griefs come, Lord, we can see beyond them. Lord, help us to pray for and share with those that are in our minds and our hearts this morning who desperately need your loving hope. And Lord, help us to model that as a community, God, and particularly um, as we come into election season. Um, Lord, we might be fed up of elections, but help us to tell a different story. Um, help us to tell a different story, God, in conversations at work or in our family. Lord, in how we are as a church community. Um, Lord, where people are fed up, may we speak your words of life and hope. And Lord, would you, would you raise up uh, the right leaders for us at the end of all this? Lord, would you raise up um, hopeful leaders, leaders that, see, that have vision beyond themselves, leaders that, um, that are appointed for your time, God, to be um, those that uh, take this nation forward. And we pray for every Christian who's also involved as well, God. Um, we pray you would raise up them into um, even greater uh, roles of leadership, not just in politics, but right across uh, our nation. We pray for every Christian who's standing for election, every Christian who's involved in the coming election. Father, would you give them strength and courage and boldness? Um, and would you encourage them in your hope today? Thank you that you're so good to us, Lord. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Kieran, just before you sit down, um, I know that you probably come into the firing line because you're sticking your head above the parapet on our behalf sometimes. And uh, there'll be occasions where you might get a bit of flack uh -huh. for sharing. That does happen. And... Uh, you know, is there anything that we can pray for you and uh, Helen and the family? And is there anything that we can be praying for you uh, as a, you know, working for Evangelical Alliance? Yeah, so, no, I really appreciate that. I think um, in terms of for us as a family, I think probably the same prayer request for any family that's got young children. <laughs> um, sleep. Uh, sleep. <laughs> um, no, I mean, uh, we're just, I mean, we're just, we're just tired, you know, as you'd expect um, at this kind of aging stage. So, so I think just um, strength and wisdom and uh, in the middle of all of that um, to, to, to see the bigger picture sometimes. Because um, when you've maybe been up a few times or whatever, it's, it's hard to kind of have that focus and picture. So, 
Uh, we'd really appreciate that and for everything else that we need to be parents. So that, that's probably, that could keep you going all day anyway. But um, so I think that, that would be great. I think, yeah, I think for me personally, I think um, knowing, knowing that balance of there's so many different things that we could be investing time and effort. There's so many issues going on um, and so many things that need done and the challenge and particularly with family life as well and, and all of that is, is actually to know what are the things that God's calling us to do. So I think, I think that would be good. Definitely courage, always courage. Um, we had a, an event that's just been cancelled in November because of the election actually because we had some politicians coming to it and under electoral rules now you have to, if you get any politicians, you have to kind of um, almost husting style invite most of them. Um, but, um, and this was more a Christian politicians talking about being Christians in politics. It's been cancelled, but um, we do have some secularists who follow us on social media, so I think there was a number of them were planning to come, and I was sort of thinking, great, you know, this is going to be brilliant. I'm going to have to field the questions to the, you know, to all of this kind of stuff. So, so there is stuff like that, you know, and um, I, pro- I probably don't get it as much as some people do, um, but um, definitely courage to not let fear ever be a factor in what we say and what we do. Um, and wisdom, particularly when there's more difficult issues, do you know, around, around the gender stuff, around uh, the relationships curriculum stuff. Um, you know, I think how you communicate that in a hope-filled way is a challenge. So we'd appreciate prayer for all that. Let's stand. Uh, we're going to pray for Kieran. We're going to pray. Father, we thank you for Kieran, Lord, we EA, and uh, just really seek God's blessing. Father, we thank you for Kieran, Lord, we pray. Uh, that you would just fill his heart with courage, Father, that as your spirit comes into him day by day, that you'd fill him with courage, Father, that there'd be a boldness which comes upon him to share your word, and Father, that nothing would hinder that. Father, we recognize that we don't fight against flesh and blood, and Father, uh, we know that it's a spiritual enemy that we face, uh, but Father, we know that, that sometimes that presents itself in, the, in another person, and so Lord, we pray uh, that you'd help him not to be overcome by that, Father, that he would have a heart filled with, with courage and boldness. And Father, we do pray that you give him the wisdom to, to speak and to share. Lord, I just have been warmed by the way that Kieran has spoke this morning. And uh, Father, you have given him uh, a mantle to wear for this time. Father, you have given him the things that he needs. Lord, when you command him to do something, innate in that command is the, the ability to do it because you've asked him. And so, Father, you don't ask us to do things that you can't mm. equip us for. And so, Father, we just pray that you would give him that wisdom of thought, wisdom of words. And, Father, when he's uh, drawn into the, the, the detail of life, Father, with uh, family and all the things that that, that uh, entails, Lord, we pray, help him to have those, mo- those moments and times where he can step back and see the bigger pic- picture and to really be focused on uh, the things which you're doing and saying, Lord, may we all see that bigger picture of what you're doing and saying in this nation. And Lord, we thank you for Evangelical Alliance. Lord, we thank you for uh, just the the heart and mission that they have. And Lord, we pray that as we get behind it as a church, uh, Lord, that you'd help us to help them as they help us. And uh, Father, we just thank you for all these incredible resources that they're producing. May we avail ourselves of these resources. And uh, Lord, we we pray that you'd help us just to put some of these things into our toolbox uh, day by day, week by week. 
Uh, Lord, we thank you for Helen and Kieran and Emma and Abigail. Lord, we just pray, bless them as a family. Lord, we pray that you'd meet every need which they have. And uh, Lord, we just pray even today that they would be so encouraged that their hearts would be filled with joy. And Father, we, we just we stand with them, we stand beside them. And uh, Lord, we, we just thank you for our relationship. And uh, Lord, we just pray that you bring good things out of today. We thank you that Kieran has come and shared, shared his heart. Uh, shared of uh, some of the things that are happening and Lord may we get that big picture of what you're doing in this world and Father help us to be salt and light as we uh, go about our uh, day by day uh, things that we'll do even this week uh, even this afternoon as we leave church we'll go about and do our things but Lord we, we, we pray help us to be salt and light in all of that we seek your face and uh, your hand in these things in Jesus name Amen, Amen.